What's going on, everybody? Caleb Carter here, and you are listening to the Royal Pursuit Podcast. And today, we're going to take a look at one of the coolest characters in the New Testament, Mary. No, not Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, not Mary Magdalene, but Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. We're going to take a look at how the New Testament depicts her in three different stages of her life, radically different. When life is just busy, when life is just falling apart, and when life is amazing, Mary's posture never changes. And what we're going to learn from that is that every time we say yes to one thing, that means we're going to have to say no to something else. So I hope you're ready to jump in this conversation with me to unpack the scriptures and to grow a little bit closer to God. Let's jump in. Okay, well, welcome back. I'm excited that you're here. Let's have this conversation about Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And before I begin, I just want to encourage you. I stumbled upon this series of texts throughout the Gospels, uh, I think maybe two years ago. And not all scholars agree that this is the same Mary in all three accounts. Um, But I think it's really clear that it is the same Mary. And so we're going to take three episodes to cover each time Mary responds to Jesus. And I think there's a lot to learn uh, from looking at this text and asking good questions. But I would have never stumbled upon this had I not consistently been just reading day in, day out, every month, for several years. And I think it's just one of those things that we look at and we begin to get overwhelmed but it's really just walking on this journey. It's being willing to just stop and read for 10 minutes a day and just trying to immerse yourself in the texts. And when you start to do that consistently, you start to see all these themes and all these connections. And it's just amazing. It's, it really is like a treasure trove. And so when you find something neat like this, you just cling to it. And so we're going to jump in here. And, and for me, I'm a process improvement guy by trade. That's my background in the professional world. And there's something that we call SOPs. They're standard operating procedures. And these are documents that kind of help somebody understand what to do. And so if you read an SOP, it tells you, okay, when this happens, you need to do this. When that happens, you need to do this and so on and so forth. And when I think about Mary and just how she consistently responded the same way to these three very different events. To me, I'm like, this is like the greatest SOP. Like this is the greatest way to respond. And so if we were to write out this document, hey, when things are busy, do this. When things are scary, do this. When things are really, really good, do this. And so I know that might seem a little foggy right now, um, but I think it's gonna clear up. And at the end of this, these three episodes, we're gonna see something beautiful at the end. And so I hope you'll hang with me through all three episodes. So what we're going to do is we're going to start in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, because this is the first time we see Mary at Jesus's feet. So let's go ahead and jump in. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary 
who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So that's all we get. This is the entire story from verse 38 to verse 42. And then it's off to another story. But what I find interesting is the very opening of this story, Martha is depicted, and she's so hospitable. Like she is opening her home to Jesus. She's wanting to serve him and give him a place to stay. And if you can put yourself in her shoes, you know, hearing the stories, finding out that Jesus is in town, and opening her home up to him and his followers. Like, it's a really cool thing. And so that first verse really kind of paints who Martha is. She's just got this servant's heart. And then in verse 39, it's like, and then there's Mary. (laughs) And she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then Here comes the conflict in verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so Martha is running around the house, trying to get everything ready, trying to serve, trying to make sure Jesus has a drink and and Peter's got some food. And Mary is just sitting there listening to Jesus speak. Maybe he's telling parables. Maybe he's teaching. Maybe they're just unpacking the week. Whatever it is, Mary is just in awe, just sitting there listening. And I guess at some point, Martha has enough of it, and she approaches Jesus, and she's like, look at my sister. Will you tell her to help me? And I find this so interesting. Uh, To me, I I can't help but wonder if maybe they know Jesus at a more personal level at this point. Like, maybe there's already been some interactions. But either way, Mary is frustrated enough that she's willing to approach Jesus, potentially interrupt what he's talking about, to point out what Mary is doing. And I think I keep using the wrong name. So Martha is the one that interrupts Jesus and says, hey, Mary needs to be helping me. Don't you care? Don't you see? I'm doing all this stuff. And then Jesus, he does his thing and he responds so graciously to Martha. And he says, Martha, you're worried about so much stuff. But Mary has chosen what's most important and it's not going to be taken from her. And so this is the story that we get to break down, seeing Mary at Jesus' feet when she doesn't have to be. In fact, the cultural expectations, the cultural norm for Mary would probably be to be doing exactly what Martha is doing, to, to stop everything and to serve and to be taking care of the guests. But Mary isn't doing that. Mary is kind of breaking these norms, and it's because she's absolutely intrigued. She's curious. She wants to know more. And for me, as I was reading this text, I I found that there was really two themes here present in this story. Mary is showing incredible humility and incredible boldness. And so what I want to do with our time together is unpack both of those elements. And I want you to listen closely and see if you agree with me or are there other elements in the story that I might be even overlooking as I was praying and reading through this text. But you got to put yourself in Mary's shoes. She's just living life. You know, she has these responsibilities, she has these cultural expectations, and then in comes Jesus to turn her whole world upside down. 
And instead of just kind of reverting back to what she should be doing or what she knows, she's willing to put everything on hold. And I don't know that we really give that much thought. I don't think it's any surprise to anyone here in the West that we get so busy, so wrapped up in our plans and what we think we should be doing or doing the things that we think everyone else um, or doing the things that everyone else thinks we should be doing. And, and to be able to put that all on pause for something else that you don't know about, like you're willing to stop and just hear out this wandering rabbi about this different life. To me, that's saying something about Mary, that she's, she's humble enough just to say, you know what, I don't know that what I was doing was the right thing. I'm willing to just stop and listen. And, and I think for all of us, that's a, that's a good thing to stop and reflect on. Are, are we willing to just stop in our day, in our week, and just sit at the feet of Jesus to listen about the life that he has for us? I have a, I have a few different friends who are non-believers, and that's one of the biggest gateway or one of the biggest blocks to, to enter is that they don't want to spend that time just listening and seeking willing to put their life on hold for something else. And, and that's really what you need to do. And that's what we see Mary doing. It really reminds me of last year, my family was gone. It was late in the evening. And I was so excited to watch this Jack Ryan series on Amazon Prime. And so I kind of planned to binge watch it for a couple hours while everyone was gone uh, and just kind of do my own thing. So I get on the couch, I get all comfy. I got the show kicked on. And I mean, it's like maybe 15 minutes into the show, and then I hear a knock on the door, and I'm like, what? Who is knocking at my door at like almost 8 o'clock in the evening? And I look on the ring doorbell, and it's just this young sales guy. And for a slight moment, I'm like, how bad would it be to not answer the door? Then I realized that would be terrible, so I go and answer the door. And immediately, the guy starts giving me his pitch, which I understand, and he's trying to do his job, which is totally cool. I'm just not interested at all. And he could be selling me some kind of like elixir to to reduce, you know, to reverse aging. And, and in the moment, I just don't even want to hear what he has to sell because I'm just so wrapped up in what I want to do. And he's talking about some kind of educational stuff for my kids. <laughs> it sounds so terrible, I know. But I just kind of stop him halfway through and I say, listen, man, I, I want to save us both time here. I'm just not interested. And he was kind of taken back, and I could tell he was you know, disappointed, but to me, I didn't want to keep listening. And so I, I just kind of said, hey, I appreciate it, but I, I'm really not interested. Thank you. And you know, he went on his way, and I went back inside. But I think that right there is a really good example of what we can do with Jesus. He's showing up. He's offering us something new. And so many of us are not even willing to listen because we have so much else going on in life. I think about this passage that Jesus talks about later in Luke about the great banquet. This, this king is inviting all these people. And there's these three people that give these three lame excuses. And we're going to talk about it in another episode, so I don't want to get too far into this. But each one of them are really lame excuses. Like, oh, I just bought a mule and I need to go check on it. Oh, I just bought some property and I need to go see it. Oh, I just got married and, and I'm busy. And like culturally, these were really lame excuses for their day. But they were busy and they weren't willing to give the king the time of day. And I think Mary is. And that's what makes Mary so amazing is that she didn't have to. She didn't have to put anything on pause. 
And so I think it's good for us just to stop and reflect. If I am a Christ follower, how much of my time do I give just to sit at his feet and listen to what he has for me? That is such a position of humility. And I think it's totally worth us reflecting on and thinking about. So that's the, the humble part of it, the, the humility element. But then there's this whole other element about boldness. Because as we've already pointed out, Mary really had to kind of defy cultural expectations, the, the societal norms of what a woman should be doing in that moment. And Mary was willing to look strange or to offend her sister to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever met somebody or maybe you yourself grew up in a family that weren't Christians, but if you say yes to Jesus and you start giving him time, it starts to rub other people raw because you're not conforming to the way they think you should be living. And it can be for any reason. It could be the party scene, like you're trying to say, you know, I don't think that's for me anymore. And people can get really offended, even your own family. Or or like maybe you're not going to jump in with the gossip or the tearing down of others or whatever it is. As soon as people see that you're not doing what they expected you to do, it starts to create a tension. And we see that between Martha and Mary. Martha's like, hey, get up. It's time to serve. And, and Mary's like, this could be the Messiah, and you want me to go clean dishes? And again, it really made me think of this idea that saying yes to one thing ultimately means we have to say no to something else. And oftentimes when it's to family or friends or even more intimate relationships, that can cause a lot of pain. And it kind of brings a new light to me when Jesus says, you know, a mother is going to turn against daughter, a father against son, is that being able to leave your old way of life and to pursue something else takes a lot of boldness and courage. I know that there's a psychological concept uh, that they share called the crab mentality. And if you've ever seen a video of it, you have a bucket full of crabs. And as one crab is able to kind of maybe reach the lip of the bucket and to climb his way out, all the other crabs pull that crab back down into the bucket. And so any crab that almost gets close to getting free gets pulled right back down to the bottom. And the crabs aren't inadvertently saying, we don't want you free. The problem is that crabs are all trying to get out, right? And so as much as they try, they keep all of each other down. But this, uh, this like observation uh, in psychology talk, you know, kind of points out that when, when somebody starts going a different way, it's human nature to either reject them or try to pull them back down. And Mary's not having it. And Jesus's response even is, no, Mary has chosen what's best. And so for me, I want to use the rest of our time for this episode to share one of my favorite books, because if this is true, if saying yes to one thing means saying no to other things, it means we've got to get better at saying no. And that can be really painful to say no, to end certain habits, hobbies, or relationships. And a book I'm going to kind of cover in this episode is called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, Dr. Cloud is a Christian psychologist, and he wrote this book trying to normalize endings and helping us get better at them. Because he says, endings are normal, they're a part of life. Uh, and if we don't choose when something ends, it will usually choose for us, and it will usually end violently. And in the book, Dr. Cloud does a beautiful uh, illustration of endings are kind of like a master gardener pruning a rose bush. And he says that our life is this bush. 
and we need to prune certain things out of our life. And if you look up the definition of pruning, it really means to kind of cut, uh, you know, just things that are no longer valuable out. And so he says we, we prune for three reasons. The first reason is because something is dead and it's just taking up space. And this can be a relationship, it can be a hobby, it can be a mindset where at once there was life in this thing and no longer does it have any life, but we're still kind of holding on to it. And that could be a hobby or maybe a relationship from high school or from your workplace, and it's not providing like it used to. It's no longer good. And that's the first easiest place to start trimming are these things that really aren't valuable. And then he moves on to the second, which is we prune things that are sick and they're no longer they're not going to be able to get better. So this is something that's almost terminal in a sense. It's just not going to be healthy anymore. And again, a a good example of that might be a job. And when you first started that job, life was great and it's slowly morphed and the scope has gotten broader and you're taking on too many hours and it's it's really impacting your family life, uh, your church life, whatever the case might be. But the idea is that it's not necessarily dead, but it's certainly not healthy. And and therefore, it needs to go. And again, this can be a broad scope of things. And the last area that we prune, which is the hardest, is pruning things that are good but will never be great. And you have to understand that this is the hardest area to cut things out of your life because you're cutting essentially positive things out, but these things aren't actually going to help you become who you need to be. And that's really the foundational work that you have to do is learning about what it is you're trying to do. And so we go back to Mary, learning about the life that Jesus is offering her. Then she can start to see the things that she's got to prune out of her life to be able to pursue that. And so when I look at something like uh, pruning something that's good, but it'll never be great, for me, late last year, I started this program, 100 Days of Programming. I've wanted to learn how to develop in software for a couple of years now. And on and off, I've tried and I've learned tons of little things, but nothing's ever clicked. And so late last year, I decided I was going to spend 100 days coding every single day. And at the end of the 100 days, I would decide whether or not to keep doing it. And the first eight, nine days were good and productive. And by the 10th day, I was starting to feel weary. And I had all these other projects that were coming up like this podcast. And I was talking to Becky, my wife, and I said, you know, I really like learning this, but I don't know that it's ever going to produce anything for me. I don't know that it's ever going to bring any value. And eventually I had to cut this out because it was taking up too much time and it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't, you know, tearing me away from the body of Christ, but it was just taking up time that was valuable that I could put towards something else that was going to align more with who I'm trying to be. I had to cut something out that was good, but would never be great. And so that's my encouragement to you today as we look at Mary. You know, she obviously didn't cut anything out in this instant, but she had to say no. She had to be able to say no to that norm, to that expectation, to be able to listen and sit. And I think Dr. Henry Cloud does a great job of building a framework of becoming more effective at cutting the right things out of our lives. And so I'll link that book in the description if anyone's interested in it. Uh, But man, it's such a powerful book. Uh, to read. And so lastly, I want to say it again, and I've said it in a couple other episodes, this idea of saying yes to Jesus when you don't have to, when life isn't terrible, and when life isn't phenomenal, life is just going on, 
to be able to break that norm and to do something different, it is hard. And I think that's where community comes into play. To be able to have this body of believers to come alongside you, to encourage you and comfort you as you start pruning things away from your life, because it is painful. But one of the things that we're going to learn, especially in this podcast, is that hurting and harming are two very different things. And some of the best things in life come from a little bit of pain. And so I hope you have seen this story with a new set of eyes. You have a new respect for Mary, willing to just say no to what was expected from the world and to sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen. And so next week, we're going to take a look at the second time Mary shows up. This time it's covered in the Gospel of John, but this time everything around Mary's falling apart. And we're going to see she responds the same way to Jesus. And so I hope you'll join me next week as we unpack that episode. I hope these episodes are resonating. I hope they're clicking. I hope they're giving you something fruitful to meditate on and to see the beauty and the power of Scripture. And I hope that you'll like it and you'll share it with your friends. But ultimately, that you'll walk away feeling encouraged, not just entertained, feeling convicted, but never condemned. And I want you to realize that you are a royal priesthood, that we are family, uh, all because of the blood of Jesus. So I look forward to next week, jumping into the second time Mary falls at Jesus' feet and what we can learn about what to do when everything else is falling down around us. So I love you guys. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk soon.